Good morning, 1111. Welcome to Missions Weekend 2017. We are so excited um, to be here today, and um, my name is Tony Ledford. This is my wife, Jill, and we are the missions leaders here at Heart of the City. Thanks. I got to say, today, being part of these baptisms never gets old. We see lives being changed forever and family trees just being changed. And here at Heart of the City, we believe in reaching the near and the far. And when I see this happening today, I know lives are being changed radically here in town. But guess what? The same thing is happening far. And today, we get to hear a little bit about what's going on and how lives are being changed all over the world. So our missions ministry here in the house is called Ambassadors. And uh, we actually have what's called an Ambassadors team. If you have a heart to reach the nations, the people of the nations who have not yet heard of the name of Jesus Christ, they don't yet know him or follow him, you can join us on the Ambassadors team. And I don't know if you saw it when you walked in, but we have a big hut out in the lobby, and we would love to talk to you guys and get you, uh, get you on board as part of the team. So uh, as you can see on the back of Tony's shirt here, uh, our motto is, for Christ's love compels us, we are therefore his ambassadors. You can find that in the Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And these t-shirts actually are also available at the hut for $15. I mention that because the, all the profits of these t-shirts goes to solar powered audio Bibles that will be distributed to new believers in Ethiopia, believers that cannot read or write, and they get to listen to the Bible in their own language. In addition, there are opportunities if you just have a burning desire in your heart to say, hey, what can I do today to come alongside one of our missionaries? We have seven missionaries we partner with, and they've all given us just a couple practical, tangible needs that you can just simply give a very small amount or a large amount. For instance, one of the things is helping rehabilitate uh, some women that have been delivered from prostitution, and it's, I think it's $25. Um, so there's very practical, tangible needs. If, and again, you can meet us in the, at the hut to find out more about that. We have these bookmarks as well back there. Don't leave without one of these. These are great to have just right in your Bible. You can be praying for our missionaries. And guys, they need our prayer and our support. We're not there with them physically, but we can be there with them in spirit. So Alessandro and Marcia are our missionaries in Tajikistan. Who knows where Tajikistan is? Anyone? A very small handful. They used to be missionaries in Afghanistan, and God moved them to the country just to the north of Afghanistan, and that's where they serve now, raising up Afghan and Tajik leaders that are affecting and ministering and, and uh, you know, making huge changes for the kingdom. We also have Greg and Michelle McClanahan in southern Mexico, and they train up pastors that are making an, an amazing difference in that nation. Whole villages are coming to know Jesus because of a unique way they go in and they reach the children first. Isn't that a great idea? <laughs> and then Jason and Jamie Stark and their three girls, they are members of this house. They are also missionaries in South Sudan, one of the most dangerous countries in the world. And they have a ministry where they... Uh, equip and empower uh, their, they work with a church there, um, Pastor Abraham and the whole family there. And again, the entire community is being affected and changed for Jesus. Thanks. Another missionary we have is um, Kevin and Tammy Carmody and they're in Hamburg, Germany. And what they're doing in Germany is they're reaching out to the refugee population, the people that are fleeing from Syria Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, and they're just reaching them out where, where they're at because they have nothing. So they're just trying to, to come bring them together, and they're creating a community center, and they're just doing some great stuff there. Uh, the other missionaries we have are 
um, the Bartlesons, and they are in Addis, Ethiopia, and they are working with children, uh, doing child sponsorship, and then they're also working with uh, sex trafficking and also women that are coming out of prostitution. So they're very involved there. And then they're also working with South Sudanese refugees that are fleeing into Ethiopia and giving them support and raising up indigenous pastors there as well. And then we have um, New Covenant Missions, which is Eric Larson, <laughs> which you'll be hearing from him just shortly. And he'll be able to share everything that's going on there. And then we have Pastor um, Don and Debbie that are down in Honduras with Benai and Emily. And I won't steal his thunder. He's going to have lots of time to tell you about that. But there's just so much going on down there, and we so appreciate it. And, you know, one tangible thing that they're doing down in Honduras is they have an orphanage. And one way to help feed the children is chickens. So what they need is to buy chickens so the chickens can lay eggs so they can feed the orphans. $2 a chicken. That's what they're looking for. And that will help, you know, feed these orphans that are down there. So that's a great tangible way to come alongside. You know, one thing that we wanted to do this year as a team, as ambassadors, we wanted to bring awareness to the body about what's going on around the world. And one way to do that is to send. So we decided to put a couple trips together. And our first trip is to Ethiopia, which we leave for in about a month. Is there anybody that's here that's part of that team? Yeah, we got a few. Yeah. They've been training. We've been team building and equipping and just working with them. We're so excited for that trip, and we just know God is going to move in mighty ways. Well, the next trip that we have, we haven't even announced until right now, and that trip is going to be to Honduras. And that is going to be the first week of February. So be watching your bulletin for, um, or the announcements about more information on that. And that will be coming shortly. Another thing that we really wanted to do this year is we really wanted to come alongside our missionaries and get a deeper uh, relationship with them and come alongside them and encourage and equip. And so to do that, we're actually going to go. So leaving tomorrow is Bobby and Risha. They are heading to Germany. And yeah, Bobby just told me this morning that he gets to do two things. One, he gets to do a conflict resolution um, training, which Bobby could do that. Um, but when you get all these different cultures together that speak different languages, there's going to be conflict. But the second thing he gets to do is he has to preach for two and a half hours. <laughs> I think he's got the words to do it. <laughs> and then Jill and I, we're actually leaving in three weeks, and we're going to be going to Africa, and we'll be gone for about a month. And so we get to come alongside the different missionaries that are in Africa, and we'll just be real excited to um, come back and share that with you. Also, Aaron Barather, he's with our creative team. He's going to be documenting the whole thing for us. So we're real excited about that. So we'll have, I'm sure we'll have videos and pictures to share with you when that's all over. But um, this morning, we have a few greetings from our missionaries, and uh, we're going to play those now. Hello, Heart of the City Church. We're here in Juba, South Sudan with Pastor Abraham, Pastor Janigo, myself, and Jamie with Divine Mission Church. And we want to say hello to you there in America. Salam alaikum. Be blessed on this Sunday. We love you. God bless. Amen. Hey, Heart of the City Church, this is Greg and Michelle McClanahan of Harvest Evangelistic Association. We just want to thank you all for all that you do to help us press into the harvest around the world. Thank you. We love you. Hey, we sure appreciate everything y'all do all the time. Listen, give Don and Lois a big hug from us and tell Pastor J.O. that we're waiting for him to get back down. We've got a lot of people that are fired up waiting on him to get there to preach for him. God bless y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Assalamu alaikum. Hi from Dushanbe, Tajikistan. Uh, it's a blessing to be saying hi to you guys there in Coeur d'Alene. Uh, we want to say thank you for supporting us as we're here uh, working with Persian peoples, the people from Afghanistan, people from Tajikistan, and all of this part of the world. We love being here, and there's so many things that God is doing as we, through a business, are able to give jobs to the local church and also train people 
for them to go out and reach their own people. So thank you for blessing us. We love you guys. Keep praying for us. Bye. Bye. Hi, Heart of the City. This is Jennifer and Ted Bertelson coming to you today from Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. We're so grateful for all of your love and your prayers and support. Because of you, thousands of lives are being changed every day in Ethiopia. We're just so glad to see that Matthew 28 is alive and well at Heart of the City. And we hope to see many, if not all of you, next summer when we're in America. Ciao. Bye. This is Kevin and Tammy Carmody greeting you from Hamburg, Germany. We're excited to hear that you're going to be gathering this weekend to hear more about what the Lord's doing amongst the nations. And we really want to make sure to say thank you to you for all of the love, support, and encouragement you send us so that we can work here with the refugees. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. And from Hamburg, we say, Tschüss! Hey, Heart of City friends! Uh, we are actually here in Ethiopia, and it's just an incredible, incredible experience because behind us, we have 37, 37 Oromo people that used to be Muslims that have chosen to follow Jesus. And tomorrow we have a big baptism celebration. So I, I'm pretty much ready to cry. It's just the most amazing thing ever. And my family is here with me. Hello, Heart of the City Hi. Church. We love miss you. you. We love you. <laughs> so we, we miss you. We miss you so much, but and we just wanted you to see what, what's, what your support is supporting. This is incredible. We love you. Ciao. good to see where your dollars and your prayers are going, to see their faces and to see them smiling like that. It's awesome. So my name is Jamie Stark, and I am one of the missionaries that are supported by Heart of the City Church. And um, tonight, I'm excited to share with you about, for about seven to nine minutes or so, <laughs> I'm going to try to pack it in. Um, I'm not going to talk about what we do in South Sudan, although I genuinely feel really privileged to be doing what we're doing there. Um, I really felt like God had something specific to give away to my family, and so I want to be faithful to that tonight. So um, I think the first thing I want to say is um, what I'm going to be sharing about is what what is it, how do we get this burning heart to reach out? So those people up there are serving the Lord, most of them full-time, and that takes a lot of love to be in a strange place with people very different than you for a long time. How do we get that kind of a heart? You know, my family and I live in South Sudan, as uh, everybody's kind of said a few times. South Sudan is not one of the safest places in the world. And um, honestly, the political corruption, the, the disease, the harsh environment, um, you know, makes it a really hard place to live and love like Jesus did. But as I said, it's a privilege to be there. And God has given me a burning heart to love on people. He's given me a way to relate to the people there. But I want to say, I didn't start out. I wasn't born that way. <laughs> I didn't just decide I really want to go risk my life to love on these people that I don't even know their language. I mean, I'm learning it. But I didn't, I didn't wake up that way. You know, most of the, many of the tribes in South Sudan consider it an honorable thing to push others down, to be the top man. Murder is actually something that's valued as, yeah, that's the man you want around your house. That's so very different for us, and that could be scary if you live in that place. You know, a lot of people say to me, wow, thank God for you, because I could never do that. Thank God for you, and yeah, thank God for the people who can go places, but am I Anything special, I want to say tonight, actually, the way that that's said, I'm not. I've not been given more grace, more love, more boldness than all of you. It has been poured out completely for all of us to take in and to give away. That's the reality of our God. You know, in Matthew 28, he calls us all to be on mission. You can read your Bible. Pastor Don's going to talk about that too. <laughs> but we're all called to live on mission. We're all sent ones. 
And, you know, you talk about a burning heart to be somewhere hard and difficult and actually still have love and have compassion and to reach past your fears. Where does that burning heart come from? We find it in Luke 24, verse 32, where Jesus is walking with his disciples and he's talking to them and he's explaining the scriptures. And then they they say amongst themselves, wasn't our heart burning within us? It comes from those intimate times with God is where a burning heart comes from. It comes from those places where we are with him and he's speaking to our hearts and we are in his word and in worship. You know, the Bible describes God as an all-consuming fire. He's by nature hot, powerfully burning with passion for you and I. It is that same passion that took him to the cross to die a horrible death for you and for me so that we could live, so that we could be free forever. And I want to say tonight, that same fire will fill your heart if you allow God to, if you allow him the opportunity. So I'm going to quickly try and tell you a shortened version of my story to illustrate my point because I did not grow up in the church. I'm not a missionary kid, a pastor's kid. Actually, I never heard the gospel until I was 16. I came. Uh, was the only child of a single mom. <laughs> And I, I mean, my mom was really strung out a lot of the time. I basically raised myself. I ended up in gangs on the same drugs my mom was strung out on and uh, doing crimes and things that I'm, um, I'm not happy about now. I was a mess. I was in the middle of chaos. And one day I found myself in the presence of God. And I, one day, somebody was up preaching the good news that I never heard. And in a second, I knew it was true. I was floored. I said, I, I, I know that I'm without God. I know that I need a Savior. And if I died today without Jesus, I know I would be in hell. And I don't want that. That reality came to me. And so I said, God, I believe your message. And I need a savior. Will you save me? And he did. In my, in my heart, he changed me in an instant. And he began a process of changing my life. <laughs> I had been a mess. And now everything was rearranged. All of a sudden, at 21, I found myself married to a good man with two small babies, a brand new house, <laughs> Brand new cars, an easy life, really comfortable. My husband had a prosperous business. We were a part of a local church. He was a deacon. We were youth leaders. I was heavily involved, and I loved what God had done for me. He'd given me peace. He'd given me happiness. I was comfortable. And then some, not too long after that, my husband started to get a heart for missions, and me, I did not. He, he wanted to go to Nicaragua. And I said, bye-bye. You go and do that. I'm, I'm good. I'll support that. Those people that do that cool thing, cool. But I didn't want anybody to take away the happiness, the, the peace, the joy that God had given me. I didn't want anything to rock the boat. But you know what? God knows us, and he knows what's best for us. And, you know, I, it didn't take God pointing out, hey, you, you're selfish. God didn't point out to me in a harsh way, hey, you, you're only thinking of yourself. What about these people? I didn't have anybody in my face saying anything like that. I had an experience like you'll read about in Isaiah chapter 6. And I'm not going to read that tonight. I encourage you to go read it. I had an experience where I was in the presence of God, and it was so awesome. That's all I can say about it. It was awesome. And in the reality of the awesomeness and the holiness of God, I looked down at myself, and I said, wow, God, I need you. I need you to fill me. I need you to cleanse me. I was already a Christian, 
But honestly, I had not had, it's almost like I had forgotten what he'd done for me. I wasn't living every day in the reality that I was lost. I'm not lost. I wasn't lost at that moment, but it's like I forgot. And I felt like tonight, which I didn't, I didn't share like this last, uh, last night, but I felt like tonight there are some of us in here who have maybe forgotten the reality of our lostness and the reality of the amazing thing that God has done for us. Because what happened to me that night that I was seeking God with about 30 other people, God rearranged my priorities. In the minute I realized who I was without him, and I realized again what he had done for me, and it floored me to say, here am I, God, send me anywhere. I love you. How could I not serve you? How could I not give up all my rights? How could I not? And tonight, this is not a condemnation for any of us who do not have a heart to reach out. We're not like thinking and dreaming and casting vision for reaching out. It's not a condemnation. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to seek God. He says, if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. And I tell you, when you find God, you will find his heart for you and your neighbor and the people across the world. God is that good. And I want to leave you with that today. It's the same message that I preached and that I share with people in South Sudan. It's all about God and his presence. He wants to change you and he wants to use you to bring change to others. And it's the same for you guys here tonight. So thank you for giving. And I love America. I love being back. I love getting my feet back on our soil. It almost makes me cry every time. Um, that, that video... I tell you, that is the tip of the iceberg. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's such a small glimpse. We actually have about a thousand more waiting to go through training and be baptized. Can you believe that? All Muslims, all Muslims. Most of them, their name is Muhammad or Sheikh Abdullah or Oman. I mean, it's just crazy. But God is doing something really big in the Horn of Africa. Amen? Amen. So when you're watching the news and you're seeing all this terrible stuff, just know it's enemy propaganda. It's crazy. It's lies. There's good news. There is good news out there. In fact, in the last first six months of 2017, our teams in Ethiopia and Kenya shared the gospel with 65,000 people. Isn't that crazy? And out of that, over 4,000 decided to follow Jesus. We've got 200 new churches planted. I mean, there are amazing things happening. So don't let that news, don't let that Facebook discourage you. It's crazy talk. We're winning. In fact, we already won. Amen? This was a real, real special trip for me because it was the first time my family got to come with me. Uh, it was my 29th trip to Africa. And to see them there with me and experiencing it was priceless. It was just incredible. Um, but it's good to be back. It's good to be back. And in fact, in just a month, I go back again with the Heart of City team. And we'll be going through Ethiopia and even down into Kenya as well. So pray for us on that. Um, New Covenant Missions, to give you a bit of an idea, what we do is we raise support here in the U.S. to train, send, and equip indigenous national church planning pastors in Africa, mainly Ethiopia and Kenya right now, but we won't let borders stop us. There's a lot of unreached people out there. So we do that uh, in a variety of ways, all the way from medical missions to providing Jesus film kits, trainings, evangelism tools like the solar-powered audio Bibles you heard of. In fact, we just brought 50 of those over uh, for a tribe down in the south. So it's, it's an incredible, incredible thing. I'm blessed to be a part of it. Um, so it's missions day. It's missions weekend. What is missions? What is missions to you? You know, the Apostle Paul in, in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15, he begins by quoting an Old Testament prophet. And he, he says, all, he doesn't say some. You hear that? He says all. You know what all means? All means all. 
all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But then he goes on to pose these questions. How are they to call in him of whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? How are they to hear unless somebody is preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. You guys, you all have beautiful feet. I don't know about you. God is the master podiatrist, man. I, I, I personally, I've always used to think feet were ugly, but after seeing what these men and women are doing in Ethiopia and in Africa, feet are beautiful when they bring the good news. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Your feet are beautiful. God has called you to this mission. It's here. It's there. It's everywhere. You know, in Acts 1.8, Jesus is about to go up to heaven. And what does he say? He says, power will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Judea, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It's all of our mission. Amen. And today, Don, man, I love this guy. Don, and, man, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. He is going, uh, he preaches like crazy, man. So I'll get off of here pretty soon. And he's going to preach like nuts. And you're just going to want to leave. Just like he did. Be, it's going to be an empty church, J.O. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to have missionaries everywhere. We've got plenty. Yeah, sometimes pastors don't like me talking because we get rid of all their congregation. We send them out to the field. But it's true, you guys. I mean, in, in this great commission, this commission to go and preach, it's founded in love. You know, Jesus was asked by some religious leaders, what's the greatest commandment? What did he say? He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second one is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, friends, I challenge you, you cannot say you love your neighbor if you're not telling them about Jesus. When was the last time you shared Jesus to your neighbor? Man, it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? But I tell you, we've got almost 200 of these church planner guys out in the field. That's all they do every day. And I want to encourage you that that can be you too here in the USA, in Honduras, in Ethiopia, wherever. But we've all got this calling. And Don is going to charge you up on that. Right, Don? If you want to learn more about New Covenant missions, visit the booth in the back. Visit our website. There's all kinds of ways you can be involved. Don, come up and do that thing. Thank you. Hello, family. It is such a joy to see all of you. We love you guys so much, and we miss you so deeply. We, uh, anyway, I just, um, Pastor Jeho said something this morning about feeling like there are some of you today that are in a place of frustration and difficulty and how you need to call out to Jesus. I feel in my heart that there are some of you that are so bound in shame mm. that you are afraid to go to your heavenly father. And I'm telling you right now that that is of the enemy. Your father loves you so much. And don't be tricked into thinking he doesn't know how you feel. Amen. He knows how you feel. And he is crying out to you today to come to him. Share your heart with him. Be real with him. He knows how you feel. He knows when you're angry. And you know what? Sometimes we can get angry with him because we don't like where we're at. But you know what? He knows that. And I'm telling you, something supernatural takes place inside of you when you are vulnerable enough to go to your heavenly father and say daddy this is how I feel mm -hmm. and no. just let it out share with him your heart because it will bring such healing 
It will release bondage from you, and it will bring such a tremendous healing to your heart. And I do have a scripture. This is my, my nugget that I want to share with you. In 1 John chapter 5, let's see, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, who, ah, sorry, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. He loves you. He loves you so much, and he hears your voice. He hears your cries, and he's crying out to you today to come to him. I love you all. Hi, my name is Don. Um, Earlier, I really felt like God wanted you to know how much he loves you, that he sees you, and that you are so special in his eyes. And you feel like that your future has to be defined by your past, and God's here to say, no, daughter, I have a beautifully created future just for you. And he's going to use those things for his glory in your future. But he just wants you to know today, everything's going to be all right. He is with you. He's never left you. But man, everything is about to turn around. Everything is about to change. The things that you've been afraid to to give voice to, like, like Mama Debbie said, the things that you've been afraid to even speak out loud, God already knows. He's just been waiting for you to call out to him, but everything's about to turn around. You need to have high expectations of your future because God wants to use you mightily for his glory. Amen? Amen. One other group, this whole group of youth over here, that's right. We can clap because the future that God has for us is so much greater than what we could anticipate on our own. The whole time I was over here, God just kept drawing my attention to this group of people over here. And God wants you to know your ministry isn't simply to your peers and to people below you. It's not simply about you reaching the next generation. God's going to use you to push the generation before you that feels like the best has passed them by. God's going to use you guys to push us to step into the call and fulfill what God has upon our lives. So don't be afraid to minister up. I want you guys to speak life up, not just down and not just, not just sideways. You guys need to encourage us. You guys need to speak life into us because sometimes just being around a young person changes your attitude, your demeanor, but God's going to use you guys to reach upwards, outwards, and downwards. Amen? Amen. Love you guys. It is so cool to be here with you guys today. Benaya and Emily, the other two members of our team, are on their way. Yeah, that's right. Come on, Benaya and Emily, we love you. <laughs> they are actually in a car right now going out to Via Soleada. You guys, you guys remember Via Soleada? Uh, so they're going out there. We do village discipleship in a, in a small remote village every two weeks, and they're on their way out there right now, but they send their love, their greetings. Benaya is going to be back next month. He's bringing his amazing girlfriend, Sarela, with him. You guys will get to meet Sarela. So um, anyway, they send their love to you guys. Um, today is very special to me for two reasons in particular. First off is, is that it is Pastor's Appreciation Day. And so you guys need to know how much we appreciate you, how, we, how much we appreciate all of the pastors, but especially you two. You carry a weight and a burden that is unimaginable. You guys, come on. You guys, we see just a snippet up here every weekend. We see Pastor J.O. up here preaching. We see Pastor Radian up here preaching, encouraging. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. They take a lot of blows. They take a lot of blows. 
The enemy goes for the pastors. He goes for the leaders. You guys, we need to cover them in our prayers. We need to understand that just what we see up here is not all that happens. They carry so much weight during the week. And so pray for them. You want to appreciate them tangibly? Pray for them. Pray for them. Amen. We appreciate you guys. We love you so much. Love you. Yeah, absolutely. The other reason that today is so special is because a year ago today, Debbie, Emily, Benaya, and I landed on the ground in Honduras. And that very day, <coughs> excuse me, God immediately put us into, into action there at the language school. Uh, we, we started meeting neighbors, students, and, and God immediately, immediately started having us minister. We, we thought we were going to get a little bit of a break. We were going to go to language school and just kind of hide out for a little bit, rest up, you know. And then when we got to San Pedro, then we would hit the ground running. And God's like, no, I, I need you here now. And I, I'm here to let you guys know. We don't have time to sit around and wait. The need is so great. The times are so intense. We don't have time for you to say, oh, when I'm ready, I'll step into it. Because the thing is, is that God needs us now. He says, you're ready today. What, what are you waiting on? I think oftentimes we're waiting for some trumpet call from heaven. And the trumpet call came, and it's called the word of God. I want to talk about Honduras for a minute. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. God has done such amazing things there. The church plant is going great. God is, is allowing us to go deep in relationship with people. God is allowing us to minister to other missionaries. That was something that was surprising to us. We thought God was calling us to the Hondurans, but God had a bigger picture than we did. See, sometimes the vision we have is shaped by our past, and we look at God's vision through a filter, and God's like, that was never my vision. We got to be flexible. We got to be flexible. Probably looks a little bit different now than you thought it was going to when you first planted. You've got to be flexible, but that requires us to be, to be ready to hear. We've got to be moldable, but God's vision was so much bigger than ours. He's having us minister to hurt and wounded missionaries who were living out there on the field. Jamie, it's tough out there, isn't it? It's tough out there, being separated from family, being in an uncomfortable environment. Let me let, me let you know, when you go to another culture... You stand out. We're still, we, we stand out in Honduras. We stand out in Honduras. And so you never, no matter how long you live there, you're always a bit of a stranger. But when we come back home, we feel out of place here too, don't we? Come back to America because there's still a part of us over there. And so we come back here. And so it's difficult. But you know what? When you come into family. When you come into family, you love us. You love on us. And we know that we are safe here. This is a beautiful place. You guys, I just want to let you know, if you, if you are a guest, if you're new here, this is a good place to set down roots because God has got big plans for you. But you got you to have roots before you can produce fruit. See, I see a lot of Christians today. I'm way off script here. I, I'm way off script. But I see a lot of Christians today that hop from church to church because they're looking for the next best thing. But I tell you what, if you constantly are looking for candy, your teeth are going to rot out and you're going to get unhealthy. You're going to get unhealthy. You got to put some roots down, but that means you got to get in the dirt. You got to get in the soil. And sometimes it's a little bit messy, but that's how family is. That is how family is. Pastor Seth, there is manure in every pasture, is there not? Absolutely. You go to that new church and you're like, oh, praise Jesus. This is exactly what I've been looking for until somebody offends you. And then you run again. And at some point, at some point, it's not the church, it's the person. And so I'm just speaking into you right now. Speaking into you because I love you. And I know that in order for you to live the fullness of what God has for you, you got to get some roots on you. You got to get some roots. God's got plans for you. 
Missions weekend, what does that mean? You know, you can come here and you can say missions, oh, that's about, that's about Honduras and that's about Ethiopia. Missions weekend is actually about every single person that God has called to the kingdom of God because every one of us needs to be living on mission. What does living on mission mean? It means wherever you're at, in Coeur d'Alene, in your workplace, in your family, husbands, husbands, your first mission field is your wife and your kids, can I get an amen? Husbands, live on mission. Live on mission. Jeff, you are a great example of that, my brother. Man, that guy loves. That guy loves. Your workplace. Man, you got cousins. You got grandparents. You got grandbabies that don't know Jesus. That is your mission field. You don't need to go somewhere else to live on mission. You just need to live on mission where you're at. I want, I want you to know Every single person in this place has received a call from God. Every single person has a vision from God. I think the first thing you need if you're going to live your life in purpose is you got to have a vision. you got to have a vision. And a lot of people are like, well, well, well Pastor Don, I've never, I've never received the word. I've never gotten a personal vision from God. I never, never had a dream. Can I let you know that my answer to you is really easy? He says that Matthew 28, 19 is your vision because it's God's vision for his church. And if you're a part of the church, this needs to be your vision too. Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples. Go to Fred Meyer and make disciples. Go to Starbucks and make disciples. Go to your neighborhood meeting and make disciples. Not everybody is called to other nations, but every person is called to live on mission where they're at. Go make disciples of all the nations baptized. And that includes America. That includes America. America has not come to the end. We are not the end all be all of the Christian faith. There are a lot of unsaved, unhealthy people going to hell in America. And just as Eric said, you love your neighbor. You love your neighbor and you share the name of Jesus with them. Gosh, God has got some amazing missionaries in this place. Yeah, I'm talking to every single one of you. If somebody asks you, what do you do for a living? I'm a missionary. Oh, really? Where are you from? Right here in Coeur d'Alene? Really? How does that work? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'm excited that, that God has a plan for each one of us. So often in life, we don't feel like we have purpose. We don't feel like we have value. I've asked God before, why was I born? Have you ever asked that question? Why was I born? Why do I exist? Do I have a purpose? Because there's been a time in my life where I lived for myself. I lived for myself. And you know what? After a while, I hated it because I didn't love me. Because I knew that I wasn't doing what God created me to do. And so six years ago, God woke me up spiritually and he gave me a vision. I want you to go on a mission trip. Easiest thing in the world. <laughs> now I'm living in Honduras. Uh, <laughs> wow. So what happens with vision is it has to be followed up with obedience. Vision without obedience is nothing but smoke. And I tell you what, I think there are a lot of people here, Pastor J.O., that have already received the vision. I believe that they were reading the word of God and God spoke to them. I believe that they heard a voice from the Holy Spirit and he said, this is what I want you to do. I believe a lot of you have received prophetic words, but you've been too afraid to share them. You've been too afraid to talk about it because once you start talking about it, all of a sudden it's a little bit more real, isn't it? When you start sharing with people, I believe that this is what God told me to do. I believe God told me that I'm supposed to go and pray for that person. All of a sudden, the accountability steps in and all of a sudden God's like, okay, okay. Where's the obedience? Where's the obedience? See, the act of obedience is about us but the results of obedience should always be about other people. It should always be about other people. Oh, but it's scary, isn't it? It's scary. That's why we hide those words. That's why we hide those dreams inside of us. Because if we talk about it and then we try and fail, all of a sudden we feel like we, feel like we got nowhere to go. Has anybody in here tried and failed before? There's a couple hands. And you know what? You lived, didn't you? You lived. You made it. 
You're here today. God's loving on you in his house as a part of his body. I tell you what, I would rather try and fail than live my life the way I was. Because I was not being the best dad that I could be. I was not being the best husband that I could be. And thank God for my amazing wife who was praying for me. She wasn't out there nagging me. She was praying for me. And when God fully pulled my head out of... She was there saying, honey, I was praying all along. I knew. I knew. Husbands, wives, we've got to be the one that is speaking life and encouragement into our partners because they go out into the workplace and all they hear is is that you're not enough. You can't do it. What makes you think you're so special? And Debbie would tell me, the call of God on your life, the spirit of God, I see what you don't. Are you doing that for your family? Are you doing that over your kids? Parents, we have so much power to speak life into our kids. You want to talk about uh, uh, creating a future for your kids? You speak life into them. You tell them what they can do through Christ Jesus. That is our responsibility. That is our privilege. So obedience. I want to read in James because... If we don't approach the vision and the obedience with the right heart, this is what happens. This is what happens. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, We shall live and do this or that. You know what happens when you're not living on mission? Your life is a vapor. And when you're gone, what's the legacy? What have you left? What have you left? But when we go from people who have lived on mission, when we go from men and women living in the natural to men and women who have heard from the voice of God and we step from vision to obedience, all of a sudden things go from natural to supernatural and our life is given purpose. We are no longer a vapor. We are now men and women of God who are changing our communities, changing our family, and we are leaving something behind when we are gone. I don't want to get to the end of my life and think that I lived 75% of what I was supposed to do. 75% has never been enough for me. I want to get to the end of my life and say, God, did I do everything I was supposed to? God, did 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 I live the life you created for me? But it starts with vision and obedience. Obedience took us to Honduras. But it wasn't obedience that has kept us there. You know, we have encountered a lot of angry, hurt, broken, obedient missionaries. Have you ever, have you ever served, but you weren't happy about it? You're like, I'm going to go and I'm going to serve. I'm going to do it, but I'm angry. I'm not happy about this. All you got to do is look at your kids when you tell them to go clean their room. (laughs) They go and they do it, but they're being robbed of the blessings that come from obedience. Remember J.O., I still remember this sermon where you, you, you were talking to the kids and you'd ask them to do something and you'd go, but are you pumped about it? But are you pumped about it? Are you pumped about being obedient to God? Are you excited about stepping into the supernatural? Because you can't do on your own what God has prepared for you. You want a life of significance? You want a life that makes a difference? You look around the world and say, it's going to hell in a handbasket. No, it's not. No, it is not. As long as there is breath in our lungs... As long as there's love in our heart, 
This is a great place to be. It's exactly where we're supposed to be. So you can't run and hide from it. But we can change it by facing it. But it's love. It's love that breaks the, the hardest heart. See, I had a hard heart. I have a, I have a nickname around here. They call me the sobbing shepherd. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> what? And Debbie goes, you know what, Don? You never used to be like that. You never used to be like that. Once you get a hold of the heart of God, or rather once the heart of God gets a hold of you, it changes you. Men, God has called us to be tender warriors. God has called us to be those that lead our family in love and in grace. Sometimes we, we apply a heavy hand to our kids when what they really need is an encouragement from us. They need to know that we still believe in them. And even though this happened, I still believe in you. I still see the call of God on your life. I think we forget that God is their heavenly father. God is, is their heavenly father. We're just entrusted for a little bit. We're just entrusted for a little bit. You know, Jesus went to the cross out of obedience. He, he sought God in the garden. He knew what was to come. And he saw God, if there's any other way, but not my will, your will be done. That's an act of obedience. But do you know what kept Jesus up on that cross? Obedience took him there. But it was his love for you and me that kept him up there. You know, I've always thought that the hardest part about the cross was just that, that physical aspect. You know, in Isaiah, it prophesies about him being so ugly that, that he didn't have human, he didn't look like a human being. And I just can't imagine the physical pain that he went through up on that cross. But I heard somebody say recently, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. If I took all of my emotional pain, my shame, my guilt, my sin, and in one instant... I had to bear all of that from my almost 48 years. It would crush me. I couldn't do it. The pain Jesus bore on the cross, the reason he loved so much is because he knew in that instant he was taking all of our sin upon himself. Obedience put him up there, but it was love that kept him up there. When you're living on mission, it has to be, you have to have a good love life. You have to have a good love life when you're living on mission. Because it's really easy to get frustrated. It's really easy to get discouraged. But if you have a good love life on mission, you start to look like your daddy God. You start to look like your daddy God. And when we don't give up, when we don't give up, when it's tough and it's hard and you wonder, am I making a difference? Love compels us. Love compels us to keep going. 